From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh yes, thank you very much, Mr. Rob Roop. It is me, it's Mike, it's Mike Davidson lives. Thank you very much for joining me this go around. Thanks for downloading this, listening. As I uh, try to get through this for the next half hour or so, and uh, try to speak a little quieter than usual. I mean, I'm doing this late night anyway, but a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I'm not really feeling the best right now. Uh, last couple of days, I've been dealing with a stomach bug, and uh, it's it's been fun. Yeah, um, you know, I I've been able to weather a lot of illnesses in my life. I mean, I'm predominantly a pretty healthy dude. Uh, but I had COVID last year. I've had flus. I've had colds, earaches, all sorts of things that have laid me out. But one thing that I could do anytime I was sick was eat. When you have a stomach bug, you can't eat. And when you're a guy who is hungry like me as, constantly, it sucks. It's it's probably the worst. Uh, this is like a milder strain, so uh, I'm not belching sulfur as much because you wanted to know that right uh but you know the, the few times i've gotten the stomach virus uh it's usually been before the holidays about uh, two weeks out from thanksgiving here so hopefully we can knock this out so i can uh, be a glutton here in two weeks time but uh, not not fun i've only had like one and a half bagels today and a small cup of coffee and i did that like two hours ago and it's been kind of touch and go so uh if I have to push pause on this and there's like an awkward delay in the podcast, be sure I'm taking care of business because I have to. Uh, the other reason why I'm doing this super low is uh, my son's room is next door. And uh, he is now officially a crib climber. Uh, my wife discovered this a couple of nights back and... Uh, it makes putting him to bed all so much fun. So, uh, uh, yeah, he was not going to bed a couple nights ago, and it wrecked my sleep. Anytime I put him in his crib, he'd climb out like, you know, Sir Edmund Hillary, and he was back down the stairs. And uh, it took a bit to get him to sleep, like one thirty-two in the morning. So uh, my wife has now found a fence. He can't climb that yet. And he is right now sleeping face first on the floor. <laughs> I know that feeling, but that's not because of uh, being a baby. Uh, so he's doing that right now. Um, I, I, I ran an errand for my wife uh, before I get too further down the road here tonight. And uh, downtown Fort Wayne, they've got the Christmas wreaths up. So it's uh, about that wonderful time of the year. Um, not not bad looking. Not bad looking. But, yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird because, you know, you see that. It's a little jarring. And then you come back to the subdivision. No one's got their Christmas decorations up yet. That might change this weekend. I'll have to give you an update on that. All right. Uh, kind of a serious matter. Uh, a, a quick update in the uh, Delphi murder case of, uh, you know, Abby and um, those those two girls, Libby and Abby. Uh, they, they were murdered years back in Delphi. And uh, they recently arrested Richard Allen and have charged him with felony murder. He's being held in a county outside of uh, Delphi, I think, uh, White County. And uh, this is kind of significant because I guess uh, he was looking for a lawyer and he couldn't find one. So uh, he has submitted a letter asking for a public defender and the, the news, any bit of information they can get about this guy. They found a copy of this letter. 
and um, yeah, he's looking for a public defender. He probably will get one because I mean that is his uh, his right, and we'll see what shakes out. But uh, being charged with felony murder means uh, that there could be others involved, and uh, you know a lot of media outlets are saying they don't know what his involvement is with this murder yet, these murders. Uh, so again, that's something we kind of bear watching and uh, keep you updated on because uh, it's, a, it's a big break in the case and it's been a mystery for uh, damn near five years now alright um, so you know it gets, it gets boring on a flight it's boring on a plane um, I don't know it, you, you look for things to do me I just look out the window the, the few times that I've flown I'll, I'll read I'll pray and curse under my breath if we hit turbulence you know there's only something to do but i guess uh, last year passenger on a plane uh, headed toward us fort wayne out of dallas fort worth uh he got a little bored and decided to uh please himself and was caught doing it and of course he's being charged with it and uh, i i want to link this up on the mike davidson facebook page if i haven't already but uh this it got me thinking again um, about public transportation and, you know, planes and things like that and, and how much better it is to drive because you don't know what the habits of uh, other strangers are and you don't care to know them. And uh, this would be the that instance. And so, like, whenever somebody's like, well, you know, you don't have to drive. You can always take a train or a bus. And I'm just thinking, okay, what are the chances I run into somebody like this? on a bus or train and given the fact that this guy had enough money to uh, uh, buy a ticket uh, what are the chances that I'll find somebody even less classy on a bus or a train <laughs> really don't want to sit next to too many people so uh, yeah that's, I, I'll link that up but uh, yeah who knew the Mile High Club was so damn exclusive this guy apparently all right, so last night, uh, the the elections, and um, kind of disappointing for both parties, if, if I was to hazard a guess, um, because the Democrats did lose some seats. It looks like the Republicans will have a slim margin in the House, uh, but it wasn't this red wave for the Republicans. So, I mean, yeah, both parties had some, some things to crow about. I mean, Fetterman won in Pennsylvania. I wasn't surprised by that. Um, but, uh, you know, you had in Florida just a massive red wave. If there was any sort of red wave, it was down Florida with uh, Ron DeSantis, Mark Rubio, and that, and all those guys. Um, but it was it, it was weird to me because I, I thought that there would be a few more pickups for Republicans here just because the economy sucks ass. And I'm only half right um, because in mostly red areas, they stayed red, and they may have picked up some red in those areas. But in mostly blue areas, they picked up any sort of red seats and, you know, became more blue. What's going on, you ask? Well, I think, you know, in the red states, it, the economy is a big deal. Uh, you do have things like uh, inflation and high gas prices, which affect, uh, you know, families. And, you know, that you vote with your pocketbook. At least that's uh, that's what I do. Uh, but in blue areas where if you're a little more socially, uh, uh, I don't know, you're just more socially into things, like progressively. Like you have no problem with, uh, you know, Roe v. Wade coming back or, you know, drag brunches or whatever the hell. 
uh, you're you're going to be voting for progressive ideals, whatever they may be, because they always change. And it just kind of shows this um, this divide in our country. I mean, it's it's more stark than ever. Red states are getting redder, and blue states are getting bluer. Um, and uh, it doesn't really look like the Republicans have much of uh, a mandate, and I can't really say Democrats do either. It just feels like this this malaise, and I've never seen anything quite like it. I mean, I know there was some deadlock in 2018 where uh, I think there were, uh, I think the Republicans did have the Senate, but the Dems had the House uh, during the Trump days. I, I may, maybe I'm getting that mixed up. But this seems a little more stale. And I even was watching the news earlier this evening. Um, they, they were talking about the voter turnout, I think, here in Allen County. And it was like 35%. And, uh, you know, it was, a good, it was a good night for Republicans here in Indiana. But... Uh, the, the chair in Allen County, the Republican chair, was said, you know, voter turnout was low, and the, the, the Dem chairman also agreed with them. And it's just like, you know, there's that too. It's like, are people really even paying attention to what's going on? And, um, but yeah, the one thing I will say, uh, just kind of before, you know, heading off to this big rant I have about Jim Irsay, um, is polling. And everybody was kind of shocked because they thought, okay, maybe there is a red wave coming and it didn't happen. Um, but, like, one question that would get asked and one answer that would always come up is, are you happy with what Joe Biden is doing? And, you know, a good chunk said no. No doesn't mean anything. It doesn't specify anything. Um, you know, a Republican and a Democrat can both be pissed off at Joe Biden but have different reasons for that. And I think... By and large, they kind of keep that vague with polling because they want people to tune in and find out why people are pissed off. So I don't know how much of a shock factor that really was. I mean, I'm sure there were some people that were genuinely shocked, but uh, just, you know, poll questions generally seem vague. And you don't get any specifics from it other than the number of people that said yes, no, or I'm unsure. Speaking of unsure, uh, Jim Mercy doesn't know his ass from his elbow, and he has uh, pretty much become uh, his old man Robert Ursay. Um, and, and I and I don't like want to make this into a big sports talk podcast, but I mean Jesus, this this thing has been in the news for the last couple of days, and uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, you know, back uh, 10, 15 years ago, uh, who were always contenders, uh, had some great legendary players like Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Edron James, Reggie Wayne, I mean, a who's who of uh, great Colts players. I mean, just competitive team and this year that you know the wheels have fallen off the wagon. Um last week they hey uh well the, two weeks ago they benched uh, uh Matt Ryan in favor of Sam Ellinger who uh, is um not good. And then uh, they fired their offensive coordinator a week later, which meant that Frank Reich had to, uh, I mean, he was always always making the calls on the headset anyway. Uh, but somebody else had to drop those plays. And when you have an inexperienced quarterback and no offensive coordinator, uh, and you're moving the ball a grand whopping 1.9 yards per off, uh, offensive play, it's disastrous, and uh, Frank Reich lost his job ultimately because of this. And it sucks because, um, I mean, I, th- I think what did him in was like him trying to champion for um, Carson Wentz for about a solid year. 
because, uh, you know, they go back in Philadelphia and all that. And I think that kind of, you know, had him one foot out the door. But, you know, this past season, you know, it, it kind of expedited things. But, you know, in the four, little or four and a half years that he's been head coach of the Colts, he's had like six or seven different quarterbacks playing for him. He only had Andrew Luck for one year. But he has a above 500 record, has made the playoffs twice. Uh, he found some success uh, despite all the tumult, and uh, they let him go. Go, and I, you know, I can understand letting him go because things get stale, and you want to shake and uh, shake things up, freshen things up. So you know, him leaving, not a big surprise. Then an hour later, a big ass surprise. Uh, Jim Irsay decided to hire an interim coach, hire a temp which I've never heard of before. Usually your interim coach is somebody already on the staff that just kind of guides uh, guides the team through the end of the season. He hires uh, Jeff Saturday, former center of the Indianapolis Colts, a legendary player too, uh, getting slapped on the butt by Peyton Manning all those years, um, part of that Super Bowl winning team. Uh, he hires him as head coach. And uh, Jeff Saturday currently is not a member of the, or up to that point, not a member of the coaching staff. He is an analyst on ESPN. And not only that, uh, the coaching experience he has is head coach two years of a high school team. They bring him in, despite the fact that uh, Gus Bradley is a former head coach and he's the def defensive coordinator. And he's actually, I think he's done a pretty decent job with the defense, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a great defense, but uh, considering uh, that they have kept this team in games when the offense has not, I, I think you could have given him a shot at head coach. John Fox is also on the uh, staff. He has taken the Panthers and the Broncos to a Super Bowl. Uh, he could have done it. Uh, there, there's uh, about four or five people on that, uh, that staff you could have made interim coach. But uh, Jim Mercer decided to make Jeff Saturday the coach, which makes no effing sense whatsoever, unless, you know, he's thinking in his mind's mind uh, that this is a great PR move and people are going to love him for running in Jeff Saturday. It makes no sense. And then he had this uh, press conference, I think, was it, um, was it Monday night? Yeah, it was Monday night. And he's talking about how he doesn't know how to make sausage. He doesn't launch rockets. He's intuitive uh, football-wise. <laughs> um, and he's just talking about how, like, he likes, uh, you know, Jeff Saturday because he's not a coward and he's not going to uh, use analytics like uh, other cowards do. Uh, interesting side note, Frank Reich used analytics, and nobody ever thought he was a coward. He was always gambling. Uh, to make a big play. So some would argue too much, but I mean, you wouldn't call him a coward with uh, with his coaching style. Um, and also the fact that uh, the NFL is running these analytics commercials. Uh, that, that kind of runs counter to what uh, Jim Mercy is saying right there. So all this is going on, and he's, he's trying to build them up and saying, hey, I put my money down if I was a gambling man on, on Jeff Saturday, who again, two years as a high school football coach and uh, his last season was three and seven now let's uh, let's think about this uh, from multiple standpoints here okay your coaching staff just lost their head guy any one of these guys could have taken this team to the end of the season 
You choose somebody with no coaching experience to coach them, to run the ship. You don't think there's going to be some resentment. Players look at this move and are wondering what the hell. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of leaked. I, and I don't like linking the Washington Post or anything, but like uh, I was reading this article that not only are there members of the coaching staff upset, but uh, there's players upset about this because they just feel like everything's off message. Like, you know, you, you could say Frank Reich may have lost some of the locker room, but he was still a respected guy. It's, it's hard to replace, uh, respect a guy that you haven't, you know, been working with for years or uh, since training camp. He's just there all of a sudden, and he's playing catch-up. Uh, think of it if you're a, a season ticket holder for Indianapolis. You know, you, you sure, it's uh, going to be a rough season, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to sniff 500. Um, but now you got this uh, this guy in here who is playing catch-up, no coaching experience. There's tumult in the locker room. Uh, there's rumors of tanking. How would you like to go and watch a football game of a team that's pretty much tanking the season, even if you're, the owner is saying that this is not a tank move, which nobody believes him? You'd be a little upset. This this thing is just so effing terrible all the way around. I you know, and I, The only thing I can come to a conclusion on Okay, aside from the fact that it looks like the Colts are pretty much tanking to get a higher pick at you know at, at the end of the season, it, Jim Irsay, there's no way this dude could be sober right now, because it's just it's such a huge jump in logic to think that this is a good move. I most people like Jeff Saturday, but when you sit down and think about the move, it's not a good move because. It's just causing resentment inside that locker room. You know, it's an outsider coming in. And uh, one other thing I read earlier today was that uh, Frank Reich, a guy who we brought in, you know, to cover up that big Josh McDaniels fracas a few years back when that fell through, he fired Frank Reich over the phone. How does this not reek? of Robert Ursay. Uh, you, you should go, for the younger football fans, younger Colts fans, if you don't know much about Jim Ursay's old man, you know, Google some stories about him and his problems with booze and firing coaches whenever. Because this is this is basically the mask coming off here. You don't have a Bill Polian running interference. You don't have any sort of GM that's, you know, kind of serving as a barrier between the ownership and the players. You have a guy that, you know, Thinks he's a football guy making these decisions. Uh, basically not respecting the chain of command under him. And it just, it seems bad and it's only going to get worse. When I look at something like this, and this is a big lesson here. When I see something like this, it makes me cringe because I don't think the Colts are going to be sniffing a wild card for the next five years. And it's doubtful with this approach they'll ever hoist another Lombardi. I'm not being overdramatic. I'm just pointing out the obvious. Jim Ursay doesn't know what he's doing. And this whole Jeff Saturday thing is going to be a disaster. And I know some fans are like, well, this is going to be a shot in the arm, you know, motivation for the young players. Uh, the young players weren't on the team when Jeff Saturday was on the team. You know, and I don't think, you know, 
since they come from different locales and went to different schools, I don't think everybody on that team is an Indianapolis Colts fan. They're just there to work and to keep their jobs, which yeah, we'll see by season's end. Um, but uh, I'll re- link more of this uh, dumpster fire on the Facebook page in the coming days. If you want to read up on that. All right. Um, it's just, it's bad. It's real bad. Uh, good news for Twitter. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of good and bad uh, each and every day. It's, it's, it's amusing now that Elon Musk is in charge. Uh, the uh, growth in terms of the number of users has shot up. I think like 20%. Uh, the only thing that's uh, you know bad about that is that uh, I guess um, advertisers are being pressured not to advertise with Twitter. But uh, if you see the number of users that are on Twitter, and if it does go up, you can't help but think, hmm, maybe I should advertise. But you have activists being activists. And uh, the whole $8 per verification account, $8 per month, that could bring in some money, right? Um I saw this the other day, and I and I talked about how like you know you had all these celebrities and uh, journalists uh, you know just wringing their hands about oh this is terrible I mean I'm I'm important damn it and uh, yeah I shouldn't have to pay for a verification even though even though uh, with that sort of thing you you can get that comp by your workplace and if you're a Kardashian eight dollars ain't a thing. Uh, somebody brought this up, and I thought, right, why didn't I think of this? Uh, it's it's a status thing. It It's just to show that they are more important than the typical Twitter user. They don't want to be on par with somebody like you. And that's what's got them really upset. And, uh, you know... <laughs> you know, I, I it makes a lot of sense when you bring that up. Uh, kind, of, kind of to drive that point home, though... Um, I guess there was a, like a minor beef with Elon Musk between him and William Shatner. Uh, not quite to the extent of, say, a Kathy Griffin or uh, or a Stephen King. But uh, I, I think he will, Shatner, uh, go with the uh, the $8 a month checkmark thing. But uh, in terms of status, he's just like, hey, look, I don't really worry about it one way or another because I already got a status. I already got a legacy. You know, I got the stuff that I have done. Uh, and, you know, he's right. I mean, he's done Star Trek, he's done Boston Legal, and he's got some stuff in between. He doesn't have to worry about uh, people identifying him and his own self-worth just because, well, somebody else decides to pay eight bucks a month that didn't star in Star Trek. Uh, journalists, on the other hand, think just because they went to uh, journalism school that uh, that uh, that verification is earned, damn it. And uh, you know what? Not that going to school doesn't earn that for you it's the legacy of work and um there's there's a serious bubble on twitter among those type of people so i don't i don't really care uh who's got a blue check mark it just tells me hey this is who this person is helps me out and uh, then i can decide okay whether or not this person's worth following then again very few adults uh use twitter um outside of the celebrity set and uh, other people uh so the life goes on so all right so we go from that controversy to dave Chappelle, who uh, i don't know you might have heard is kind of a lightning bolt of uh of controversy uh yeah he's uh he had the closer last year ended up set so many people uh he's hosting saturday night live again as of this podcasting 
Uh, if it changes, it's probably not going to be through his own actions because he's not somebody to back down from a fight. He just never has that uh, aura of him. Uh, but uh, there has been some rumbling, some uh, pushback from the Saturday Night Live writer staff. And, you know, back in the day, Saturday Night Live used to be a controversial show. It's not so much anymore. I mean, you, you they think they're being edgy and controversial whenever they take shots at the right. But after a bit, if that's all you do, it's almost to be expected. It's kind of like, oh, hey, did you see Madonna in the sexy lingerie online? She's 63. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, she's been doing this for like you know, 35, 40 years now. And no big deal. Um, but they, there's some performers on that show and writers that are just so thin-skinned. It's amazing. Like when Elon Musk hosted a couple seasons back, uh, there were people that didn't want to participate. And, uh, you know, they threw uh, public temper tantrums and all that. I mean, staff members were crying out loud through public temper tantrums. Now Dave's hosting, and uh, the rumor is that there are some writers that are going to uh, protest by uh, sitting out this episode. Some writers are not going to write skits for the Dave Chappelle-hosted show because, well, you know, the closer was controversial. He's made some trans jokes. Yeah, I'm seeing this, and I'm just wondering, well, whatever is a stand-up comedian with uh, sketch show experience going to do for those 90 minutes? I mean, are you really hurting this dude? <laughs> I'm sure he'll think of something. I'm sure he's got a few writer friends I could step in and pinch if uh, Lauren Michaels will allow. This really doesn't do anything. Um, you know, and look, if these writers have a beef or they disagree with Dave, you know, this would have been the time if they were thinking to test his sense of humor on this sort of thing and make some jokes at the expense of Dave and present them to him and see what he thinks. No, we're going to sit out and take our ball and go home. That just doesn't, that doesn't sound like comedy to me. It's just, and this is kind of the problem in America where it's like, oh, this, this person's presented an idea I don't like. Uh, I'm either going to cancel their ass or I'm just going to storm off and uh, not talk to them and make a big stink about it on Twitter. That's what's going on apparently with uh, the Saturday Night Live, even though uh, the Chappelle people are saying we are not aware of any protest. Of course not. That would imply, uh, uh, imply somebody talking to you about it. But it's it's kind of interesting to see this sort of thing because I don't think Dave hates trans people. Uh, you know, he's made jokes about trans people and he's made some jokes about feminism uh, with the closer. But, you know, the, the last part of the closer was him detailing his relationship, his friendship uh, with uh, Daphne, the trans comedian. Somebody that he would disagree with on some things, but uh, gave Daphne a shot at opening for him in San Francisco. And uh, it's, a, it's a very cool story. If, if you have seen the closer, I'm not sure if any of these writers have seen the closer. They probably just heard, oh. He made trans jokes, and those are off-limits. And uh, uh, if you make a joke about something that could uh, offend me, I'm not going to do a damn thing. That's that's the state of comedy with Saturday Night Live right now, I guess. But uh, he's, he's still slated to host this weekend, if you want to give that give that a quick look around. All right, so that said, uh, one more thing. Uh, this is, I love Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne, uh, he's got the new album out where he's got some collaborations with Eric Clapton. Uh, somebody who you might disagree with uh, in terms of the virus, uh, but damn it, he's singing and Eric's playing, so, you know, whatever, right? Uh, some collaborations with uh, people like him, Jeff Beck, and others. Um, and he 
he's uh, talking about moving. And he made a big stink a couple uh, months back because he said he, he's moving back to England because there's less gun violence than here in the United States. And, you know, people jumped his crap. You know, and I understand if you're an American, you jump uh, somebody's crap for insulting, you know, where you're from, a place that you love. He's a, he's since walked back to those comments, uh, saying if he had a choice, he would stick around. And I'm just, okay, so he's, he's still moving to England, but he would rather stay in America. Ozzy, baby, pick a lane and stick with it, okay? <laughs> I mean, if you want to stick around, fine, you can live in the, uh, the gated community out in L.A., um, but, uh, don't, don't make too big a deal about it, all right? Um, but, uh, he went on to say, and, and here's where... Like, the, the, the gun chide at, uh, at the States, I'm not a big fan of, but uh, he was talking about how his wife, uh, uh, Sharon Osbourne, got the boot from the talk, which is basically, uh, that's basically the view light. That's CBS's version of the view, and they show it later in the afternoon, and she got the boot from the show because uh, she tried to stick it up for some of the things that Piers Morgan had said in the past, and uh, that, too, controversial. See, she could never be a writer for Saturday Night Live, but he just said, you know, a lot of the stuff that she said was taken out of context and skewed, and it wasn't right. And, uh, Ozzy, I'm with you on that one. Um, you agree or disagree, everybody should have the right to say what they say. Uh, it's just, again, if you say something that might kind of tweak a worldview of somebody now and again, uh, that puts you in hot water. And it's not a debate anymore. It's, you know, you have to buy into what I believe, damn it. So... Uh, he also said, uh, what was it? He does not want Johnny Depp to play him in a biopic. I think Johnny Depp could play uh, pull off old Ozzy. I'm not sure who would play young Ozzy. Uh, but uh, the Black Sabbath days, uh, there might be more cocaine in those scenes than in Scarface. That, what, what do you think Snowblind was based off of? Yikes. All right, uh, wrapping it up. Uh, but uh, I would be remiss not to mention Happy Veterans Day. Uh, which is Friday this week, Veterans Day weekend. Uh, our thanks to all the men and women who have served our armed forces. Thank you for giving us the chance uh, to uh, practice our freedoms and uh, you know basically bitch about stupidity on the internet. I am appreciative of it because that's uh, that's what this country is all about. So thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for uh, preserving freedom, and may God bless these United States. With all that said and done, I'm done. Stay fresh, Jesus. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.